2: Five
0: quarterbacks, two running backs, five wide receivers, one tight end, and only three trades. We are done with round one of the NFL draft. It is 1:01 a.m. And we are podcasting. Wow. And you know what? Like I've just been chilling. You know, working, but watching TV, watching the YouTube YouTube.com/slash fantasy football today. Great job on the show. Dave and Jamie are champions. I'm gonna try to get them out of here at a reasonable hour. Jamie's bedtime is until another four hours anyway. But thank you guys for doing this. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about the NFL draft. It was a fun night. And uh, Jamie, you're awake, you're alive over there. How'd you feel about uh, Thursday night, round one? Um, it was good. It was fun. You
3: know, it was good to see some trades. It was good to see uh, Dave Gettleman make history, trade down, see the Bears go up and get a quarterback, um, you know, see all the Alabama players drafted in the first
0: round. So it was fun. Dave, hello. What's up, Adam? Oh man, Eagles love love what the Eagles did.
2: Great move by the Eagles. They did what they had to do to get the receiver that they needed, and uh, I like the fit. It's going to be a real easy add to that offense. So, a lot to like about what Philadelphia did, and Devontae Smith could be real nice for PPR.
0: Oh, I mean, they they traded a third round pick to move up two spots to take a Hall of Famer. So, good job. Hall of Fame, you heard it. You heard little, it here a little first. too early to
2: call him <laughs> a Hall of Fame. He'll be there.
0: So let's get the pick you're most excited about. Dave, you can start. Pick you're most excited about.
2: I'll take the low-hanging fruit and say Najee Harris. The fact that he went to Pittsburgh, no real competition for him. Huge opportunity to be the lead back and rack up 20 touches per game And that offense should be good. We know what the track record is of Steelers running backs uh, and, and how they are in fantasy. That's what's awaiting him. The only nitpicks. Offensive line, what's that going to look like for the Steelers? And Roethlisberger, is he going to be a detriment to the whole offense in general? But this is a nice start for Pittsburgh's offense rebuilding, and I think he's going to be a real nice fit there for a long time.
0: Mike Tomlin, 14 years at Pittsburgh, head coach. He's had a top 22 running back 10 times. This isn't great. Top 16 running back 8 times. That's pretty good in 14 seasons. And a top 12 running back 6 times. Bell, 4 times, Mendenhall once, Connor once. Um, perhaps more importantly, a lead running back in those 14 years for the Steelers has averaged 15 or more carries per game 11 times. 18 or more carries per game 8 times in 14 seasons. That is awesome. So, we just did FFT in 5, actually, and Dave does not think that um, Najee Harris is a first-round pick in fantasy. Jamie, what if I took Najee Harris in the first round? Would that be nuts?
3: No, no, especially with the run we're going to see on running backs. Uh, I think it's too soon. I think he's a second-round pick, but um, he's got he's got all the potential in the world. You know, I mean, if he can prove that he can catch the ball, which I think he can. Um, they've said the offensive line, they're not done, clearly. Uh, Mike Tomlin uh, addressed the media. Kevin Colbert, their GM, uh, said that they like the depth of the offensive line. So I'm sure that's going to be, you know, uh, the rest of the draft for them is, is trying to fill some holes. Jason Lockham for our NFL insider said, before the draft that, you know, people are going to be surprised by some of the young offensive linemen that the Steelers have, you know, to fill some of the holes that they uh, need with uh, Villanueva and and Pouncey gone. So um, we'll see. But, you know, the track record speaks for itself uh, in terms of workload. And, you know, Harris obviously proved himself at Alabama in 2020 and, you know, his pedigree coming into college. So uh, I, I think he's got top 10 upside for sure. He's going to be a top 15 running back for me ranked ranking going into the season.
0: Jamie, which pick were you most excited about?
3: I mean, there are a lot, you know. It was certainly an offensive-heavy draft, but the one that stands out to me the most was uh, Peyton Hunter going to the the Saints. That was the one that uh, I was most excited about. Close second was Alex Leatherwood, though. Um, You know, very excited about both those guys in terms of what the impact will be.
0: Yeah, the Raiders. It's uh, you know, you don't want to seem like you're smarter than the Raiders front office or anything, but you you can't give them the benefit of the doubt. They just, they just. (laughs) I don't know. I just don't think they're very good at this. But we'll see Alex Leatherwood, he offensive tackle, going to uh, the Raiders and had some flashes for sure.
3: I'm I'm, I'm obviously kidding, Adam. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs>
0: but it's worth talking about. But which pick are you most excited about?
3: I mean, look, you know, we we kind of figured Kyle Pitts was going to the Falcons. And, you know, uh, Najee Harris is, is is the one I'm most excited about. But Kyle Pitts going to the Falcons, I mean, it's going to be fun. Um, I hope they keep Julio Jones because I think that makes Matt Ryan, you know, uh, a borderline starting fantasy quarterback. But, um You know, he's in a spot where his head coach is a former tight ends coach. He's going to, you know, play uh, with Hayden Hurst. He's going to play ahead of Hayden Hurst. He's going to be, you know, essentially their third receiver. So there's a lot to like about him. You know, I I wouldn't overdraft him. I think that's going to be a problem because the people are excited about what he has the ability to do. He's not going to be third. He's going to be third at best in in targets. Um, And there are going to be better fantasy tight ends because of what we typically see where the elite fantasy tight ends come from. They come from offenses that don't have talented wide receivers around them, unless your name is Travis Kelsey. And so I think it's going to be a situation where he could be a bust if people reach for him. Uh, but it's going to be fun to watch him flourish and grow as one of the hopefully best playmakers at his position for years to come.
2: Have you ranked him yet?
3: No, he's going to be probably seven or eight for me. I put him six. Yeah, it's too high. Well,
2: who are you taking? Ahead? <laughs> it's one spot.
3: Um, well, it's two, two spots, because I'll probably have him eight. All right, um, so... I am well, i mean, Hawkinson and Goddard day. are the easy ones. You know, okay, so, I the top four. Okay, so Goddard is the one... And Goddard, Goddard is, is clearly dependent on when Zach Ertz gets released.
2: Yeah, uh, I just... I, I think Goddard can be good. We've seen him play great. I'm a little worried about Hurts. I think Devontae Smith can eat up a lot of the targets that he might get. I think this offense is changing. Well, if Ertz
3: is there, it's not Goddard.
2: Hurts, uh, I said. Well, Ertz. I thought you said Ertz, I'm sorry. Hurts, Ertz. Hopefully, that'll be something yeah. that we don't have a problem with in the future, because Zach Ertz will... Get out of there! I, I just I like the upside of Pitts. I'm more excited about Pitts. I've got him 81st overall in my standard top 200. Too soon for you? Too soon? Okay. Really? That's, it. that's too soon. I'm excited. I want to take the chance on a breakout tight end. That's a round. But seven rookie tight pick. ends just don't break out. That's the problem. I, this one could. He's outstanding. You know that better than anybody. Yeah, he's I mean? he's he's a star. But I mean, yeah. you
3: know, we've seen stars come into the league before, and they just don't do this. You know, first round tight ends. We've seen it before. They don't do this. T.J. No, no. Hawkinson, Noah Fant. The last couple of years, Eric Ebron, they, they just, you know, it just doesn't happen for them. It's year two. And so I, I think that's what people need to be cautious of. It just doesn't happen. He's not going to get the targets that he needs.
2: Okay. So other than Kelsey Kittle, Waller, Andrews, Hawkinson and Goddard, is there a tight end
3: you like better than Pets? I mean, Gaseki still right now is, is in the conversation. Whoa, yeah. really? Okay. But okay. Well, you mean you look at what he did at the end of last season with Tua? It's hard to overlook that. With no No, Preston Williams and Fuller, I'm yeah, but
2: his role's got to change. It's
3: it's going to change. And again, you know that's why I said seven or eight. You know, so I haven't ranked him yet. So he's he's probably going to end up being seven. But um, it just it just it just feels like he's going to be overdrafted.
0: Okay, Uh, Evan Ingram is the only tight end I can think of. Uh, Jake Sealy said Heath Miller had a good rookie season. Evan Ingram was fifth. He was tight end five. He had 722 yards and six touchdowns on 115 targets in 15 games. I mean, it's not even that good of a year, but he finished as a top five tight end. Vernon Davis was the last. Well, I don't know. If- Vernon Davis and Kellen Winslow were mega tight end prospects. They were taken as top six picks and. Winslow played two games as a rookie. Vernon Davis was not even a top 20 tight end. He played 10 games. He was 15th per game. Uh, you know, Hawkinson was a top 10 pick. Ebron was a top 10 pick, but they're nothing like Kyle Pitts. And you heard Emery Hunt say this is the highest grade he's ever had on, or he's had on a tight end in 10 years.
3: He's going to be a star. But, I just don't think he's going to be a star for fantasy in his rookie season.
2: I don't think he's going to be a tight end. I think he's going to be, he'll be a tight end in name only, a Teemo. <laughs> Tino. Tino, not Timo. It's 1 a.m. Give me a break. Uh, I, I think he's going to play a lot of wide receiver. I think he's going to be out wide in the slot, not even lining up where he did most of the time in Florida. I think they're going to really try and find those mismatches with Pitts. So. All right,
0: guys, give me the picks that you are least excited about from a fantasy standpoint, a pick that was not good. I don't even know if they're... Uh, maybe you maybe look at Tony and Bateman. I don't know. But uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was a pretty good day for fantasy. It was exciting and um a little predictable i guess which was good but anyway yeah jamie you got anything that comes to mind The pick you're least excited about i mean it's
3: not necessarily from the rookies bateman is the one you just because just where he ended up they're just not going to throw the ball that much in baltimore to help him become the type of fantasy receiver that he may have been if he went to another team but you never know but you know the the james robinson situation stinks because he was so good last year. And, and obviously he's not going to be that guy this year. We knew they were going to add someone, you know, we just didn't expect it to be a first round pick. And it was a questionable pick by the Jaguars, given some of the other needs that they have. But I mean, ETN is, is a difference maker. You know, he's a guy that could uh, be a special running back in this league. And hopefully he does. But um, Urban Meyer coming out and saying the things that he said post drafts, Uh, you know, you just got to wonder what the split is going to be between these two guys. But obviously, James Robinson is the biggest loser from the non-rookies because he got essentially replaced.
0: Yeah, so this is an important quote that Jamie's alluding to. He said that uh, Urban Meyer said, we want to be top eight in the league with James Robinson, Hyde, and ETN. We think we're there. He said basically that Robinson and Carlos Hyde are the one-two punch and ETN is the third down back. Is anybody buying that?
3: I'm not no, but it's it's something you got to be a little bit cautious about because Robinson did do an above average job as the lead rusher last year and then you have a veteran in Carlos Hyde who we hate uh and I don't mean that to be anything about a he's personal a nice situation it's about what his you know role has been because he's come in and been a, a a pain in the butt for the starting running back in some of the spots that he's been in so you know, he said, you know, in, in that quote, Irvin Meyer said, we want to be top eight running the ball. And so will they use all three guys? Probably. To what extent? You know, that's the, the question. But I don't think that they, you know, use the first round pick on, on a running back and don't intend to use him. So I, I think ETN is going to be the, the primary guy, but not the same type of primary guy like Najee Harris is going to be going to the team that he went to.
2: Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. I, I I thought about the types of running backs that were in Urban Meyer's offenses, at, especially at Ohio State, and they were always, like, bigger guys. Now, they had speed. Zeke was one of them. Carlos Hyde was one of them. They've had bigger guys there, and on one hand, ATN doesn't quite fit that mold, but on the other hand, he's been playing in this offense for what it's going to be, Clemson's And with this quarterback. And with this quarterback, these guys are not going to have anywhere close to as steep of a learning curve as other players are going to have compare Trey Lance's learning curve with Trevor Lawrence's it, it, one is Mount Everest. And the other one is like a Hill that you pass when you're going on. The one's trip. also playing right away and one's not. Yeah. Well, I would think so. I and mean, we'll see about Trey Lance. You're probably right. But ETN knows what he's going to be doing in this offense. I would imagine that he'll be spread out maybe a little bit more than he was at Clemson, but he's, I, I don't see a way where he's not used a lot in this offense. He's a better fit for what they're doing. Better fit than James Robinson for what they're doing. So, when are you drafting number two fantasy running back?
0: Yeah, so you think not round two for Najee Harris, when for Travis Etienne?
2: Uh, let me double check where I put him.
3: He's going to be a round four pick. Uh, That's probably going to be maybe round three in PPR. You know, people are going to get a little overexcited about him as well. You know, it's going to be a situation where, you know, can he score enough points aside from what he does catching the ball? And James Robinson's not going to the bench and staying on the bench. He's going to play. And so it's going to be a question of how much does he play in tandem with ETN or vice versa. So uh, again, this is, this is a situation where the, the better player, it's like the Colts last year, you know, when they drafted Jonathan Taylor and the question was how much will Marlon Mack and Naheem Mines play and keep Jonathan Taylor off the field. And it took to the middle of the season, including a Marlon Mack injury in week one until we saw the best of Jonathan Taylor. That may happen uh, for Travis ETN, which could be frustrating, but you just have to buy into what the talent and the upside is. And knowing that he is going to eventually take over that backfield to whatever that means—it's sixty percent of the workload, seventy percent, eighty percent—you know that's the, the question that is going to bother a lot of people for better or worse. But hopefully, he does become the best running back there. And, and again, it stinks for James Robinson.
2: Initial run, I had him for whatever reason. I have him in round four and non PPR, and early round five in PPR. So yeah, give I me a, give, give me a data to, to reprocess that, and ETN will probably be a round four pick.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you rather have? Um, Travis Etienne or Melvin Gordon?
2: So that's one of the decisions that I made when I initially ranked him is that I'm just not excited about Melvin Gordon. I just can't get excited about him. I think Denver is going to add another running back uh, on Friday and uh, I'd rather have Etienne. If it stands as is, as is right now
3: and they don't add another running back and remember they brought in Mike Boone who they seem to like a lot as well, that I think Gordon is the safer pick and probably total points, Gordon will be better. Points per game will eventually become where Travis Etienne beats him out. So if you're again, you're looking for the upside play. The upside play is Etienne, but they're going to be ranked similar. I have Gordon as a top 20 back. Like I'm taking Melvin Gordon over Josh Jacobs, for example. So um, I'll take Etienne probably over both, but I, I do think that Gordon probably is safer if he plays, you know, close to 17 games.
0: How many rookies do you think have fantasy star potential in 2021? So far.
2: I mean, pretty much everybody except for Lance, Jones, Tony, Bateman, Wilson. Yeah. Wilson. I mean, Pitts
3: does, Chase does, Waddle does, uh, Smith does. Fields is questionable. You know, all the quarterbacks essentially are questionable, but it's aside from Lawrence, so you know, and then you get to the you know the last two wide receivers just because of where they are. There, Tony to me is going to be one of those picks that you take in rookie only draft, and by twenty twenty two you're going to be thrilled about it.
0: Yeah, he's. You know what I like about him is he's bigger than. Yes. Oh, and he, I think he can. He's kind of kind of play the slot, but Shepard could play the slot too. But I think he's versatile. You know, he's not. He's not strictly a slot guy, and he's strong. He's strong. He's like a bull. He's fast. Um. So it's just a matter. Tony, you know, Kadari's Tony.
3: I mean, Shepard's gone after this year. Uh, Slayton. Who knows? You know how much. You know, might be gone this year. At least they'll give him, you know, to to play well. um John Ross is not a long term scenario for them, you know. So it could be Galladay and Tony as the top two guys next year. The question is, how good is Daniel Jones? And if Daniel Jones is going to take that step forward, you know, now that they put pieces around him, then Tony has a chance to be a special player like he was in college. But targets going to be hard for him in his rookie season just because. I don't think Shepard goes to the bench. I don't think Slayton is completely irrelevant. I don't think Ross is completely relevant. And then obviously now they have two tight ends that they're going to, I'm sure get on the field, especially because Rudolph is a good blocker. So it's going to be hard for Tony, I think, to stand out. But by next season, and it could be a different quarterback too. You know, I think Tony's going to be one of those guys that you take probably in the middle of round two in a rookie only draft, depending on yep. how many teams you are, uh teams you, you know you play with. But he's going to be somebody that you say, Oh, I wish I would have taken him in round one, probably two years from now.
0: Yeah, so we have so much to cover, including veteran winners and losers. I don't know how much we'll get into that today, but we have a show tonight uh, that we're doing now, a show on Saturday night, or Friday night, pardon me, and then Saturday night. Okay, so every day of the draft, and then we will have five episodes for you next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, to update our rankings and talk about mock drafts and things like that. So uh, if we don't cover something today that you want to hear about, I promise you we're going to get to it. Uh, so well, I'll just move on here and uh, just remind you that it is Kentucky Derby week and Sportsline has you covered. So don't lay a wager before visiting Sportsline.com for the best racing analysis from legendary handicappers. Hammering Hank Goldberg has the inside scoop from Bob Baffert. Jody Demling has nailed nine Oaks Derby doubles. Uh, horse racing guru Gene Menez will be on the Early Edge podcast, dishing out his picks and getting you up to speed on how to bet the first leg of the Triple Crown. So Sportsline has you covered for everything related to Saturday's run for the Roses. We do have time to talk about veteran winners and losers, probably not as much as um, we want to, because I want to dedicate most of the show to the rookies. But obviously James Robinson seems like a loser. If we start with winners, Dave, give me uh, some veteran winners, NFL veteran winners.
2: I'll give you the quarterbacks, and it's the obvious ones. It's Joe Burrow, it's Matt Ryan, and it's Tua Tungavailoa. And I think all three, Burrow and Matt Ryan were draftable to begin with. And a couple of the mock drafts that we did, I'm not sure Matt Ryan got picked, but he's going to get picked now, at least as long as Julio's there. If they trade Julio, that'll change. Um, but Tungavailoa is going to make, the the case can be made for him to be a, a number two quarterback to at least begin the season with. He's going to have an opportunity now have an improved passing game. Waddle's going to be great for them. They haven't addressed their run game quite yet, uh, and I think Tagovailoa is going to be given an opportunity to boost his numbers a little bit. So, late round pick, you'll draft Trevor Lawrence first, but he's someone who's interesting as a blue chip prospect. And just in
3: in terms of the Dolphins, you, you got to say Miles Gaskin is a winner right now, mm-hmm. you know. And so they had the opportunity to take. Harris or ETN, you know, and they passed on that by taking Jalen Phillips, which I think a lot of people looked at and say, based on the medicals, you know, was that a strong pick or not? If he's healthy, he's going to be great. If he's not, then obviously. Oh, not it, it was a
0: strong pick. My friend, it was. Yeah, but he's got to stay healthy. He does, and that's
3: yeah. a, that's a big if he's but, so good. You know, they had, they had the opportunity to get, you know, any running back that they wanted at that point and they passed on it. And so uh, I saw some dolphins uh, writers suggest that maybe you see the, the dolphins trade up into round two. To get Devonte Williams, which would be nice for their team, uh would be bad for Miles Gaskin, but you gotta look at him as a potential winner in terms of what happened on day one. Um Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, if you want to continue the quarterbacks, um, because Trey Lance is not playing on day one. So Garoppolo probably gonna stay in San Francisco and get the opportunity to start for the majority of the season as long as he stays healthy. So I think you gotta look at him as a winner just given the circumstances. And then how about Allen Robinson? You know, maybe now he has a quarterback hey. that can actually connect with him and 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 make him uh an elite. Mm. Uh, well, he's already a lead player, but, uh, you know, get above average quarterback play. Uh, maybe Andy Dalton was going to be that answer to begin with, but clearly, you know, Robinson has played with some of the worst quarterbacks that we've seen. And, you know, hopefully Justin Fields is the answer to the Bears quarterback woes uh, and, and maybe on Robinson's quarterback
2: woes as well. Is Chase Edmonds a winner? Just because the Cardinals aid and take a running back and B, their second round pick right now. It's 49. So they're probably out of the Javante Williams Derby unless they do something drastic.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, Edmonds still has to prove he's better than James Conner, so we'll see. I mean, right now he's a winner, yes, but um, you know, the fact that they brought in Conner, I think, is going to be competition for him. And you know, it's not a guarantee sure. that Edmonds is the is the lead running back anyway.
0: I do want to play devil's advocate on the Allen Robinson thing because uh, I and I did a Twitter poll on this, and eighty eight percent think that in twenty twenty one Fields is going to be good for Allen Robinson. Only twelve percent or thirteen percent said bad, and eighty seven percent said good. But when you look at the Bears' passing numbers, I'm not sure that Justin Fields is actually going to be better than that because he's going to run a lot more. And and Justin Fields, by the way, Trubisky ran though. No. Yeah, but Trubisky
2: scrambled. Fields is going to run.
0: He's not going to, and he's not Kyler Murray. He's not Kyler Murray, and he's not Lamar Jackson in terms of his college stats. Not even close, really. But he could still be a very good. He could be maybe the. Third or be fourth best Russian yeah. quarterback in the league. Um, but these were the, I mean, these were the numbers in 16 games. 3,925 yards, 26 touchdowns. Most rookie quarterbacks don't do that. So it's changed a little bit. It's gotten easier. You know, Baker Mayfield set a record, Justin Herbert blew him out of the water, Burrow was on pace for big numbers. Even Daniel Jones had a big rookie season. So it's just it's just become easier, I guess, for these guys. But like you, Andrew Luck's rookie year was was great. Well, I but mean, Fields still has to play. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, 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 I just don't know. to start the season. I don't know Maybe. that the Bears are going to have that it, Justin Fields is going to be better than that just in terms of his passing numbers. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's kind of deceiving. I know the Bears had bad quarterbacks, but probably better than what you'd get from most rookies, especially ones that are gonna be running the ball a lot. So I don't. I wasn't quite as convinced that it was going to actually be good for Allen Robinson. It can't be worse. It can be worse. It mm-hmm. can be worse if it's like a Jalen Hurts situation where he's just so good with his legs and you
3: can't you can't sure, judge Jalen
2: Hurts. He, Jalen Hurts had nobody to throw to, and Fields is a better thrower than Hurts. Yeah, like, that's done. Uh, I, I I think Fields could win that job before Week One. I mean, you know what Dalton is. This this is the this is the Pete Prisco play the kid scenario to a T.
3: Well, based on the investment, you would expect that he's going to have an opportunity to. I just think that they're going to give Dalton the opportunity to open the season and see how he does. And if he struggles, then you go right to Fields. It's not going to be Nick Foles. They have to find a way to get rid of Nick Foles and his nine million dollar salary. Uh,
0: how about veteran losers other than James Robinson?
2: Well, it's not good for T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd that Jamar Chase is there. And we're, we're anointing him for sure. We're, we're breaking out the. I don't think it's awful, oil. though. I mean, Higgins gets bumped down
3: a little bit and, yeah. and Boyd, you know, as well, but they're probably going to end up better values. And, you know, I mean, look, Higgins obviously uh, wasn't impacted by the production from AJ Green, but he was impacted by the targets that AJ Green continued to get. And, you know, Chase could easily assume those targets and Boyd was still productive as well. So, I mean,
2: can all three of them be really good? Can
3: all three of them be elite? Probably not together, but can no. all three of them be good? Yeah, absolutely.
0: And let me give you some, let me give you some numbers here, okay? Because there were uh, nine games with a healthy Joe Burrow, and Tyler Boyd was 13th in PPR, 19th in non-PPR, and Higgins was solid. He had 603 yards and four touchdowns, and Green had more targets than him. Yeah. Higgins had twice as many yards, but Green had seven more targets. So he showed that he can be good with A.J. Green still getting a lot of targets. Right. Um, I was with Burrow throwing 40 times a game, a little bit more than that, actually, in those nine games. That's a lot. I don't know that's going to happen again. But I did also mention that teams that draft wide receivers in the first round, they have the tendency, based on the last six or seven years, they have the tendency to throw more the following year. I don't know if the Bengals can pull that off, but it makes sense, right? Especially if they draft a good wide receiver, and then I saw this. This shocked me. It's like, man, how could there be three teams? How could there be a team with three top 24 wide receivers or top 30 wide receivers? There were three teams last year that had three top 36 wide receivers. There were two that had three top 25 wide receivers. Can you Carolina name them? Was one. Carolina was one, and three top 25 wide receivers. PPR only, I'm assuming. Atlanta? No. Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the other one was Dallas. They had three top 36 wide receivers. Gallup was 35th. I have to say with Carolina, you really should take, for this exercise, you should take Curtis Samuels' rushing totals out because they don't help the quarterback. And if you did that, he would have been wide receiver 36. So you still have three top 36 guys, and none of them had good fantasy quarterbacks for the year. You know, Dallas didn't have it, right? Right. Pittsburgh didn't. Roethlisberger was like not even top 15 per game. And Burrow, or uh, sorry, Bridgewater was top 20th or something per game, 23rd. That was so weird to me. But you would think this sets up beautifully for Burrow. So how do you guys feel? Burrow versus Matt Ryan. Break that down. They're both winners tonight.
3: I'll take the upside of Burrow, you know, just because I think you're going to see. If the Falcons can find an answer to their running game, I don't know if Mike Davis is that guy. They're going to want to run the ball um, just based on Arthur Smith's track record. But, I mean, obviously, they're both in similar situations. I, I just think that, you know, what Burrow showed you last year, you hope he builds off of it. Matt Ryan, it's, it's like the running backs, like what you asked with ETN and, and Gordon. Ryan is safer, but, you know, the the hope is that Burrow is better.
2: I'm not sure Ryan's safer because we know that Burrow's going to have Chase, Higgins, Boyd. I don't think any of those guys are going to get traded or moved around. Is Julio staying? Because if Julio's gone, this is an easy answer.
0: Yeah, no, Julio's in. in at, this, this
3: at this point, you probably have to assume Julio's staying, you know, unless they're trading assets for, you know, 2022 and could beyond. be a
2: June 1st trade. He might not be the only one this offseason that gets moved after June 1st. Ertz could be one of them. Well, uh, Ertz, you know, is gone. I think so. I would imagine so. I'm taking Burrow, too, even if Julio's there but it's closer now. It, yeah.
3: Matt Ryan wasn't a consideration for me before Kyle Pitts was guaranteed.
0: Uh, Burrow or, or uh, Brady. I'm
2: taking Burrow.
3: I put Brady ahead of Burrow this week with the return of Antonio Brown, just because Bruce Arians and, and knowing what that offense is, but the, the, all three of those guys are close.
0: Do you want to talk about Aaron Rogers real quick?
3: Well, the, I mean, <laughs> what a day. First off, um, <laughs> The fact that uh, you know there was the report of Denver offering three first-round picks for him, um, all those reports were shot down. Clearly, he wasn't traded. He's not getting traded now. And the fact that uh, you know Gutenhurst Gutenhurst, whatever the, how you pronounce his name, um, came out and said uh, he's he's our quarterback. Uh, you know, Rogers apparently is attending the Kentucky Derby, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of media around him, and uh, he'll have to talk if he so chooses, but. Um, again, they have an opportunity to take three wide receivers that were staring them right in the face, the two yeah. Moors and, and Terrence Marshall, and they decide to take another cornerback. And he's a great quarterback. Stokes is going to be a star player. You know, if he lives up to what the expectations are, especially playing opposite Jerry Alexander, they needed a cornerback, but my gosh, man, like you don't give any, you don't give this guy any help. They, they just refuse to give him any help. I just don't get it
0: well, I guess it makes sense. He's so good that you might as well try to load up everywhere else. I, I, I'm i not sure it makes sense to not have taken a wide receiver in the first round since 2002, but uh, I guess you could make the case that you don't need to help Aaron Rodgers. He's that good. So shore up your defense? I don't know.
3: This is going to be the first time if he starts week one that they will have had a quarterback play in their 17th season in Green Bay. Bart Starr only played 16 and Brett Favre only played 16.
0: Se- seven. That's quite a standard, by the way. Sixteen seasons. Uh, wow.
3: I mean, you have a great history of quarterbacks. Yeah.
0: So.
2: he uh, was there. He didn't make it to sixteen, though. He make it sixteen games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and congratulations to Northwestern. Two first round picks. They had two first round picks combined in the last thirty seven NFL drafts. And it Ale- was a,
3: Yeah, it was a very uh, um, focused schools. Six from Alabama. Two from Miami, two from Florida, two from Northwestern.
0: Two from Miami was a shock. And uh, Alabama mm-hmm. tied Miami for most first-round picks with six. Thought they might get seven. They did not. No. Nope. And uh, they can thank the Raiders for for the six, I guess. Uh, congratulations to Chad Vainman. He I probably said that wrong. He had eight correct picks. He went Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Pitts, Chase, Waddle, Sewell, then he had Fields eight, but he had Sertan nine and JC Horn ten. So congratulations, you are in the podcast league with eight correct correct picks. I'm gonna give you a spooky. Oh wait, I gotta get my I my music up. I'm Gall gonna Gall give Man you music. a uh wait hold, wait scary stat. When Trey we, Lance to
3: Wayne Gallman week ten. <laughs> we're gonna be doing...
0: It's <laughs> oh, scary gosh. when we come back. Scary stat about running backs drafted where etn and harris were drafted we'll tell you after this break on fantasy football today the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived thanks to the visionary minds of new balance clutch athletics and rich paul the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community with rising defensive football stars will anderson and chase young on the roster Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million
1: drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You've
0: heard of the running back dead zone. Thanks to our old friend, Ben Gretsch. Well, in NFL drafts, picks 20 through 32 are kind of the running back dead zone. Not a lot of stars. I looked all the way back to 2005. Now, I did this at 1230 in the morning, so I may have missed one or two, but I don't think I did. The last 16 running backs selected 20th through 32nd in the first round. This doesn't mean anything to me. There are plenty of great players going in the second round, whatever, but just fun. Um, Clyde Edwards, z Josh Jacobs, Rashad Penny, Sonny Michelle, Doug Martin had a great rookie season, David Wilson, Mark Ingram, the best career on this list, probably, unless you want to say Chris Johnson. But Mark Ingram, Javid Best, Donald Brown, Beanie Wells, Felix Jones, Rashard Mendenhall, Chris Johnson, Lawrence Baroni, D'Angelo Williams, and Joseph Adai. So, not a great spot. Now, you got to remember running backs get drafted later now. So, it's not going in the 20s is different now than it was even in 2005. But I guess if there's anything relevant here, I'm just going to say, My first three picks in a dynasty league are three, one quarterback are three wide receivers. How about you? Rookie, rookie, uh, sorry, rookie draft. I'm going with the three wide receivers. How about you?
3: It's the way it should be in most rookie drafts anyway. I mean, you know, they have the most long-term appeal. It usually comes down to what your team needs, you know, what you're, you know, supplementing to the rest of your roster. But I mean, obviously if you end up with those receivers, you know, you're going to have them for hopefully, you know, seven to, you know, 10 seasons. Whereas running backs, if they make it to year seven, you're you got you got yourself a good one. They just the longevity factor is what you have to take into account. Most people forget that.
0: Yeah, but Jonathan Taylor, who was the first pick of the of rookie drafts last year, it was either Taylor no, was or Taylor Edwards Taylor. Taylor for sure. Okay, right. And so they went ahead of the wide receivers. It, 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 receivers? Happens, it happens all the time. It it, it happens. All happen happen but we were recommending the, the, that we weren't telling people to take C D Lamb first no, overall. It, it, well,
3: I, I think it again. It always comes down to whatever your your team needs. But if you if you're just talking about broad pick big picture, position, uh, longevity, it's always the wide receivers. So I mean, when Barkley was there, when McCa- when well, when McCaffrey's here, it was Leonard. Fournette. But uh, Zeke, Barkley, you know, Fournette. When those guys came out, it's hard to overlook what they could be for the short term. And this is how you know your approach to dynasty. Are you looking to win now? Are you looking for three years? You're looking for five years? You know, it depends on what your approach is. But if you're just looking about who's going to help your team the longest, it's going to be those wide receivers.
0: Yeah, but, but that's always the case. But there are plenty of years where we're telling people to take running backs with the first pick for several picks sometimes. But this is not the year. It just seems like these wide receiver prospects look a lot better than the running back prospects.
3: You'll still see Harris go first overall though, because people just take those runs.
2: I mean, there there will I be won't. some rookie only drafts where the team picking at 101 wants somebody safe or is good at running back and they'll go with Chase. Who would you go with? Or they'll go with Pitts. Chase. I would, I would if in a vacuum, I'm probably taking Harris. But if I'm if I'm okay at running back, I'm gonna take Chase. Okay. Or if it's a super flex or two QB, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence.
3: I got another freaky stat for you if you want this from John Breach. I don't know if you saw this. Breach. So John Breach said, Justin Fields was the fourth quarterback drafted. The fourth quarterback drafted in the last 15 years. You ready for these names? Your names were bad. The second second
0: quarterback drafted is actually pretty bad. But go ahead.
3: Love. Locke. Rosen. Kaiser. Hackenberg. Mannion. Carr. Barkley. Whedon. Whedon. Ponder, McCoy, Pat White, Chad Henney, John Beck, and Kellen Clemens. Think about that group.
0: It's it's weird to think that there's almost no chance that all five of those guys are going to be good. All five of those quarterbacks were taken in the top 15. It's just not going to happen. And uh, wow. it, it, by the way, I, I said the second quarterback, what I actually was referencing was a list of quarterbacks taken number two overall. That's actually kind of a bad list too. Ryan Leaf, Terrible, Trubisky. Yeah. I think McNabb though is is the best Um, Mariota was on that list. So it's, it's interesting. And what do you guys think about fields? Because I, you know, I know I knew everybody was going to say steel. The experts said steel, the non-experts said steel, but the stat you just gave is really interesting. And whenever I see a player that the NFL teams are not as high on as all the mock drafters out there, I get a little bit nervous Um, What do you think about Fields going 11th to the Bears who traded up? And the Bears have a great recent history of trading up for
2: quarterbacks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It feels like they did it out of desperation more than anything else. I I liked him. I watched a bunch of his games. I thought he had a big arm, Thought his accuracy was good. I love that he's willing to run. Uh, Seems heady when he's on the field. Seems like he can make a play when under pressure. Uh, there was a lot that came out about whether or not Justin Fields can can read defenses, and I think he can pre-snap, and then I think he just went with it a lot of times. You're taught first read, second read, third read. His first read was open a bunch. I don't know if that means that he's good at seeing the field or not. I'm not qualified to say. Uh, I thought Mac Jones, just by comparison, did a much better job of just moving his body and, and reading defenses a little bit better. I, I think that there's a chance for him. He's He's got to grow a little bit. And I, Chicago is going to give him an opportunity potentially to play in week one, but I don't know if that's the best place for him to develop with Matt Nagy. And, you know, the, there's been a revolving door of offensive coaches that have been there while Nagy's been there. And if they go eight, and nine this year, it's going to be another coaching staff there next year to work with fields. I, I think he's got a lot of good talent. I think that there's, I, I don't know if there's a reason to draft him in seasonal leagues just yet. And I think he's probably going to be somebody that's going to be around to pick in rookie-only drafts. The thing
3: that you got to hope for is that he can play anything close to what he did in college. I mean, that 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 sure. that, that would make him fantastic. Uh, it's a big if because, you know, there's a reason he fell. Like you said, Adam, everybody's going to say steal. And no. it, it's, it, it was pretty clear that, you know, once you got past the 49ers, who you knew were taking a quarterback, how far would either he either fields or Mac Jones fall? And clearly the bears looked at as an opportunity to go out and get a guy that could hopefully be their first franchise quarterback since Sig Luckman. I mean, they haven't had uh, a guy that you can point to and say was, um, the answer at that position. I mean, you know, obviously Jim McMahon had the Super Bowl win, but he wasn't a franchise quarterback by definition of what that means for that position. So um, they failed with Trubisky. Hopefully, this guy's the, the the long-term answer. But when you get past Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence is no guarantee, who's the second-best quarterback? Zach Wilson went second, but that's not a sure thing. Like you said, the, the number-two quarterback, and, and he's got a small frame. Uh, Trey Lance is a project. He He's played, you know, barely played, obviously, with what happened in, in 2020. Um, Mac Jones, you know, is he going to be legit, or is he a byproduct of uh, you know, the, the talent around him in Alabama, you know, he could be the second best guy. He could be the best guy, you know? So um, you're right. Not all five of these guys are going to be successful. And as we saw with that great class in 2018, it was Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are the two best guys. And, and, you know, Baker's been okay. Sam Darnold's trying to find his way. And obviously Josh Rosen is basically out of the league at this point. So um, we'll see which of these guys succeed and which of them fail. But Justin, you know, uh Fields feels like he could be the second best player in this class. And hopefully Chicago allows him the place to, you know, live up to those expectations.
0: How are you guys ranking them in dynasty? Lawrence one and then what?
3: Lance two for me, just because I think destination matters. And I do think that Kyle Shanahan getting his hands on him and the talent that we'll have around him for the short term and hopefully the long term, you know, if those two receivers and, and Kittle can stay healthy. Uh I'll put Fields third, Jones fourth, and um Wilson fifth. I, I just I, I'm not a Zach Wilson guy.
2: I'm not either. It, it's either going to be Wilson or Jones four or five, right? And then either Fields or Lance two three. That's what everybody's going to say, but it's well, I, but I'm not ready to your cut decision. Two's tough, you know, between Lance. Two is and Fields. tough because I I see what Jamie sees. I see what a lot of other people see with Trey Lance. I think he's got. I think he's got the second highest potential of all the quarterbacks. And he
0: is like Lamar Jackson in terms of his rushing stats. I mean, he obviously did it at a different
2: level. Like I would say he's more like Cam Newton, but that's still pretty damn good. And I think I would take that, but he's got work to do on improving his accuracy, being a clean pocket passer, and then also knowing when to take off. It is fun to think about what Kyle Shanahan might be able to mold him into, but unless he just is way ahead of the curve going into training camp, we might not see it. We might see him here and there. Like they might use him as a changeup like the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts last year. But you probably won't see him start a game until the last four or five games. I
3: I year. say that though, you know, we, we we may be regretting that because by the end of the weekend, they still could trade Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I mean, after seeing what Teddy Bridgewater and the compensation that came back for him that lowered the value for Jimmy Garoppolo tremendously, you know, six round pick to get right. Bridgewater. Why would they so, give
2: that up versus uh, six?
3: Why would they give him I'm not saying his... that they will, but, you know, they're obviously not getting a first round pick anymore. And so are they going to get a, a second or third round pick? Probably not. No. So, you know, right. they may settle for a fourth round pick and Jimmy Garoppolo may be shipped out the door. And then they bring in another veteran guy to sort of be, the you know, the bridge quarterback. You know, so right. I think it's a it, it could be a situation where Trey Lance is starting sooner than we think. But I agree with you. I think it's most likely we're going to see him middle to the end of the season at best, most likely 2022. Uh, but good offensive line, good play caller, good weapons. You know, to me, he's easy—the second one, second best quarterback from a rookie draft perspective.
0: Yeah. Also, though, with Lance, he might not play at all this year because they might be good, and Garoppolo might be good enough to just, you know, be the captain of the ship and get it's, them back the, to the, the playoffs.
3: The Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes scenario that we saw. You know,
0: right? Sure. So, uh, what was I going to say? Um, all right. Well, I guess we can move on from there. I had something really. It was just fascinating but it's gone now. So let's finish up with some Twitter polls, and these Twitter polls will kind of get us into some rankings and some debates here. We'll see what the people said. Okay, which wide receiver are you taking first in half PPR, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, or Jalen Waddle? The people said Jamar Chase running away with it, 64%. Devontae Smith, 25%. Jalen Waddle, 11%. Is that how you guys would rank it?
2: Yep. I think I would, yeah.
0: Which wide receiver do you like best? Half PPR. Marquise Brown. Rashad Bateman, now on Baltimore. Kadarius Toney, now with the Giants.
3: Marquise, still Brown.
0: Still oh, Brown. you guys are wrong, according to the Twitter folk. They really? Have, they have Bateman 1% higher, 40%. Marquise Brown, 39%. Kadarius Tony, 20%. Wow. That was That's my initial thought, too, me. of Bateman over Brown. I just kind of feel like... I just don't think Brown can be great. I don't know that Bateman can, but at least he's got the I, Browns have. I don't chances. know anybody can in that
2: offense. Yeah, that's Lamar Jackson true. hasn't connected for 900 yards in the season with anybody.
0: Uh, who do you like in PPR? Travis Etienne, DeAndre Swift, or Miles Sanders? When I did this, I thought people would be higher on Travis Etienne, so yeah. they weren't. He's last, but DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders. Who you going with?
2: Swift.
3: I'll take Sanders.
0: Okay. Swift gets 50% of the vote. Sanders 34%. ETN 16%.
2: Who do you like in PPR? ETN. Yeah. Wow. That seems high to
0: me. Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, or Cam Akers.
2: PPR. What are you doing? There's I'd be stunned if Harris had 16% of the vote here. 23%. 23% for Harris. People love him, man. 26 acres Harris. Yeah, that's how it is.
0: 26 for there, acres. Uh, Chubb 51%. I As like Harris. Harris had what? 30 something catches last year. No, he can do it. He's a good pass catcher. Thir- uh, 43. No, no doubt about 43 it. catches. Sorry about that. 70 catches. He may in his catch last more passes seasons.
2: than the other two running backs.
0: So he's going to probably have more touches than Nick Chubb. Yeah, could be, could be.
3: Maybe. Yeah, but I I think Chubb's situation is a little bit better, even though he's going to be sharing with with Kareem Hunt. Why? He's just such a difference maker at the Wait. the way he runs the ball. He's
0: bad be- yeah. He was probably better. I don't know, but is, is his situation better?
3: His team is better.
0: Would you rather have Nick Chubb on the Browns or the Steelers?
3: I'd rather have Nick Chubb on the Browns. Yes. yes.
2: Really?
0: Okay. Um. All right. Let's see. I think I have some more Twitter. Polls. But they're close. They're all close.
2: Or my awesome Twitter polls here. Well, wait a minute. If, if we're saying Chubb is going to the Steelers and he's just going to get the workload that we think Najee Harris is going to get. Yeah. And I know it's a bad offensive line versus what, he, what reality is, which is great offensive line. But Kareem, I'm changing my answer. I'll say Chubb on the Steelers. Okay. But this is some magical, mystical fantasy land that <laughs> you're talking about. And which
0: Bengals wide receiver are you selecting first? Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, or Tyler Boyd? The people say... Jamar Chase, fifty-five percent. Higgins, yeah. thirty. Boyd, fifteen.
2: Yep.
3: That's well, I I tell you what though, based on the cost, give me Boyd all day.
2: Oh, he's gonna he's Miler Boyd, Jamie. Yep. Yeah, gotta I to be in a PPR league though. Yeah, I, I'm not interested in none.
0: Um, and then which uh, wide receiver would you take in PPR? This was the closest one: Jalen Waddle or Odell Beckham.
2: Hmm. Beckham. I think I would say Beckham as well.
0: That's what I said. 49% Beckham, 51% Waddle. Waddle, wow. Yeah. Uh, Okay, is there anything else? All right, where are you going to rank Trevor Lawrence this year?
2: I got him 16th. Uh,
3: Yeah, somewhere. I mean, I think before the draft, because I would have taken him over Matt Ryan before the Pitts move was guaranteed, I'll take Ryan over him. So probably 14.
0: Okay, so that's ahead of Cousins? Yep. Yeah. Ahead of Wentz? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Ahead of, Oh, how about um, how about Jalen Hurts? Where are you going to rank Jalen Hurts now? Still top 10. I got him 12th.
3: That rushing is hard to overlook.
2: Yeah. And
0: I love Devontae nice Smith.
2: I I fell in love with Devontae Smith. He's just... He's terrific. He's my favorite. We, you can nitpick him for not having deep speed, and you can nitpick him for not being 200 pounds. But the, he... He is NFL-ready.
0: Not being 170 pounds. Uh, I, uh, I've never bought a football jersey in my life. never actually purchased one, I don't think. I've had people give them to me. I would have we bought know. a We've Devontae Smith jersey if, if he had gone to the Giants.
3: Well, I mean, there's a good chance that eventually somebody else with the last name Smith could have been on the Giants.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why don't you, you, you just quit you the Giants and become an saying. Eagles fan? <laughs> I hate the Eagles, man. Why do they keep doing this to me? Jerks. The Cowboys, too. It's
3: pretty interesting that the Cowboys decided they wanted to give the Eagles Devontae Smith as opposed to the Giants Devontae
0: Smith. Yeah. You got like you got to go get Devontae Smith. You, you got one elite player left in the draft. One player that is consensus elite. Okay, I'm sure there'll be other elite players, but one player that everyone thinks is elite. And you're one pick away. Go get him. Good for the Eagles for doing it. That's what you but do.
3: That's go the thing, though. I mean, the Giants, the, you know, I mean, Gettleman's track record obviously speaks for itself from trades. And they probably thought, Dallas was going to stand pat. And then when the cornerbacks went, which was the surprise that both Horn and Sertan went ahead of Dallas's pick, that's why Dallas moved out.
0: Yeah. So then you get on the phone and you make sure you get that pick, but they probably didn't expect Dallas to trade. Well, if they were doing their job, they make sure they get it. And you know what? They, they don't even take any chances. And who,
3: I mean, did anybody really expect the Cowboys to trade in the division? Or Gettleman to make a trade, period? Forget about Gettleman trading because that doesn't happen. But the fact that the Cowboys would trade with the Eagles in you
0: the You get Devontae Smith. You're one pick away. You, you have to think that, not not the Eagles, but that somebody yeah. would be trading up to get him. They, they,
3: they should have gone to seven or eight then.
2: Yeah, the difference here is that you are not their general manager. And there were obviously things that Gettleman company in New York didn't love about Devontae Smith otherwise he'd be wormed. The, the, oh, the minute
3: that and it's the, the problem is again you know you had, you would have had to trade with Dallas the minute that you saw Horn and Sertan go off the board you would have had to call the Cowboys and say "Yeah, can we get to 10 that's what you do and maybe the Cowboys that's, that's, said
0: no that's what the Eagles did the Eagles had a third round, the third round pick yeah that's right and they got that that was was it the pick they got from the Colts or was it their own I, I don't even know but they had two third round picks Um, so they had some they had some capital there Uh, okay. How about, I think that's pretty much it, man. Uh, offensive line Detroit takes Panay Sewell. Rashawn Slater to the chargers. Elijah Vera Tucker to the, to the jets. Yeah. I mean, the chargers had the worst offensive line in football last year. So they've got, they've addressed
2: it. Three fifths of that line will be different this year. Lindsley at center is really good. I like Slater at tackle. He'll be good. Is he going to play left tackle uh, for them? They're doing it right. What's that? Yes, Sean Slater's going to be their
0: starting left tackle because that's scary. Yes.
2: Well, it's not as scary as what they had going into tonight
0: at left tackle. And Bulaga at right tackle, hopefully healthy year, bounce back year for him. But the I've, three,
3: you the three picks or four picks, I think that kind of stood out because they didn't have to move. The fact that Slater fell to the Chargers at thirteen, I think that was a need. And easy. I know, like I, I saw a pick six, they tweeted out their bold predictions, and Will said the Chargers moving up to. to draft Rashawn Slayton so the fact that they got him at 13 without moving obviously the Patriots getting Mac Jones at 15 you know that was something a lot of people thought and the fact that they didn't have to trade up to go get him that's a big one yep uh Jamin Davis Jamin Davis however you pronounce Jamin. it um Pete loves him Pete Prisco loves great. him he, he thinks he's the best defensive player I moved
2: I moved the football team's DST to number two uh
3: they're, they're they, they got a a great player at 19 and then the fact that the Vikings were able to trade down and get Derisaw that was a steal you know, so those those teams. I guess you could throw the Steelers in with Najee Harris because everybody mocked Harris to Pittsburgh and they got their guy. But um, those those teams, just what they're able to. I guess you could say, uh, you know, Sertan to the Broncos too. Rich get richer because that secondary is going to be fun. Um, those
2: matchups against Kansas um, City are going to be great.
3: Well, at least when Kansas as State's if Von Miller is Von Miller again, then or at yeah. least you know eighty percent of what he he has been, then that defense is going to be amazing. But um, the fact that they got Sertan at nine, you know. Strong pick by them as well,
0: and I just wanted to say that rookie offensive linemen are not as impactful as you know rookie running backs, for example. So I personally don't get too excited for this current year when a team drafts yeah, but an offensive lineman. I'll
3: probably line. tell you something different about that though. Who? Cleveland too? The bucks.
0: The Bucs had the best one. The Bucks had they hit a home run last year. But there were five offensive tackles that went in the first round. Becton was the second best. This is PFF's grades. And he right. was like 30th. Uh, but Andrew Thomas was the first one taken, and he was in the 60s or the 70s in his grades. Right. Uh, the Dolphins guy really struggled. I always forget his name. I'm sorry. But he was a person, uh, Jackson. And yeah, yeah he, he wasn't expected too much. And uh, Wirfs struggled as well. So it's, it's a position. We know the trends in college football. The, the offensive lineman, it's just. It's a different game, and there's an adjustment period going to the NFL. So I don't think they really come in as rookies and make big impacts very often. So I don't, I don't know. Are you guys gonna move your rankings basically because because of Sewell or Slater or very Well, Tucker? I mean,
3: you know, Sewell's probably going to be the right tackle for the Lions to start, and so you know that gives him a little bit of a, a little leeway until eventually he moves to left tackle. But he played right tackle in high school, so he's been on that side before. Um, but it helps. I mean, certainly, you know, you look at what the Lions offensive line and what the, the situation is that helps DeAndre Swift. I mean, Slater is, I think, a, a, as Dave said, he's right. He's an upgrade of what they had. Um, Vera Tucker is going to be, in, you know, an interior guy for the Jets most likely. And, you know, with Becton on, on the left side, that looks like a, a smart pick. And then Dara saw, you know, that we had a, a funny exchange on our draft show, which you could watch on Friday night on our YouTube page. Um, because Pete Prisco brought up the fact that Derrissaw didn't allow a sack in college. And Brady Quinn said, well, it's because they're a running team. And then Pete said, well, they only threw the ball two and a half times less than what Northwestern did. And everybody's praising Slater. And so then you looked at the NFL Network's highlights, and all they showed was Derrissaw run blocking. And (laughs) then we showed our highlights on our show, and all they saw was Derrissaw run blocking. Um, (laughs) But if he's going to go to a team... Vikings run the ball a lot.
2: So
0: they do run the ball situation. a lot. They do. They yeah. also lost their. And Dawes uh, R- already
3: said in his his uh, press or his you know media conference, news conference with the media, um, how excited he is to open some holes to see Dobbin Cook run for sixty yards. So that's a good situation for that team because they needed they needed help on the line.
0: I'm excited about that too, and I also liked uh, Mac Jones's quote. He said he was hoping to go to the Patriots, and he's happy he ended up there. So that's it for today's show. Special thanks to everybody producing today. It's been a long day, and I want to thank, there there's a crew in the Fort Lauderdale studio that stayed up and stayed there just to get our show on. And thanks to Dave and Jamie, Ben Schrager. Uh, so thanks to everybody for making this happen. I hope this helped. Now make sure you're listening to the Pick 6 Podcast, your audio outlet for immediate reactions. Uh, Trevor Lawrence to Mr. Irrelevant. They got it all. You want to know how your team fared? Each night of the draft, the Pick 6 crew is going to analyze all the selections, dish out the winners and losers, and team-by-team grades. So follow the Pick 6 podcast wherever you find fantasy football today. All right, I'm Adam Azer. Talk to you tomorrow after rounds two and three.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.